Ghosts, Hauntings, and the Paranormal with Nicole Strickland. On today's show... Welcome to the 222 Paranormal Podcast. I'm your host, man of the hour, Joe Shortridge. Hello. And the woman of the minute, me, Jen <laughs> Shortridge. Welcome, everybody. You're in the minute. You're in the minute. You... A minute to win it. Yeah. I'm trying to do these like quick challenges for myself of like, okay, I have three minutes and I'm cleaning some area in my yes. house. I need to declutter so I have more room for my ghosts. They're very <laughs> upset because they can't wander through my house. I call that five minute to do's. Yes. You make up a list of your to do list, but you also have to have the five minute to do's. Yeah. For you know, sure. Which are just simple, quick things to knock out and done over with. We should try that in ghost hunting. Like do okay, we're gonna do quick five minutes. Like ghosts, we've only got five minutes. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get it done. I did see a video where Dalen was doing spirit box section, but people sent him questions, and some of the questions were so interesting. Really? Like, after you pass, do you retain the age that you passed away at, or do you revert to an age where you felt the happiest? Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes sense because we we don't see spirits in the form of when they passed. We see them in the form that, like, they're younger or whatever. Yeah. And it's the same with Jackie. Whenever I had those dreams about Jackie, she always comes to me in her dreams as if it was, I'd say, the 90s, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, I would think you, go, you would revert to back to your perfect self. Yeah. Like you said, where you felt the happiest, where you felt like you were in the best time or shape of your life. Mine would be in my 30s. <laughs> you know? I was skinny back then and young. But... um. It, no, just interesting, like, those um, sessions he does, they're very quick. Yeah. Which I like, mm-hmm. you know. I wonder if the spirits are like, oh, wow, somebody's here. We got to do this right away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we always say there's no time on the other side, so the spirits have years to answer the questions. Yeah. But today... Do their research, get on Google, you know, stuff like that. But today we have somebody who's going to answer some of those yes. questions for us. We have a wonderful interview coming up. Yes. Nicole is a well-respected afterlife and paranormal researcher, author, podcaster, and speaker from San Diego, California. She's the founder, director, and case manager for San Diego Paranormal Research Society. Since 2011, she has co-hosted Spirits of the Adobe tours at the iconic Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. Blending her love of history, paranormal studies, and writing, Nicole has written several books, including Field Guide to Southern California Hauntings, The Haunting Queen of the Sea, The Living Legend of the RMS Queen Mary, Spirits of Queen Mary, Her Haunted Legend, RMS Queen Mary, Voices from Her Voyages, San Diego's Most Haunted, The Historic Legacy and Paranormal Marvels of America's Finest City, Spirit of Ranchero Buena Vista Adobe. She has presented at some of the best-known conferences, such as the Oregon Ghost Coast Conference, Port Gamble Ghost Conference, Troy Taylor's Haunted America Conference, Maritime Ghost Conference of San Diego, Preston Castle Benefit Paracon, Ghost Fest 4 aboard the Queen Mary, and Strange Escape, among others. 
Nicole has been featured in a myriad of media outlets discussing her work as a paranormal researcher. These include several local San Diego newspapers and magazines, news programs such as Good Morning America San Diego, San Diego Live KPBS Evening Edition, and Channel 8 Evening Edition. She has been interviewed for nationally televised programs including My Ghost Story, Caught on Camera, Travel Channel's Ghost Stories, and Famous Fraid. She has also been on hundreds of radio shows and podcasts. Nicole also co-hosts the Haunted Voices Radio, one of the longest-running radio programs featuring a plethora of guests from all areas of the supernatural. In late 2020, she debuted her own radio show, The Afterlife Chronicles, which was selected by Freespot as one of the top 25 programs on The Afterlife. Nicole Strickland, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, what an honor. Is... I love the brother-sister duo. <laughs> this is so cool. This Thank is you. a blast to have you on. Up. Yeah, I was, for sure. I Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to read your book because it's not out yet. <laughs> and so I was looking at your other books and stuff, and you cover a lot of different topics, mm-hmm. I see. For sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it seems like I don't, but... You know, it's like, you know, the grass is greener on the other side, I guess, what people say. But yeah, I do. It's it's mm-hmm. a passion to be involved in, in this type of research. So, Take our listeners back a little bit and tell us about your background. What got you into the paranormal? Yeah, this is a good question. So I'll try not to go too much on a tangent. I'll go for it. You know, <laughs> we love it. Short time here, right? <laughs> so it goes back. Oh, gosh, way back to when I was a kid. And I know this may sound kind of cheesy or wonky to some people, but I I was almost destined to be in this field just because of how much passion I have for it, uh, researching the paranormal and the afterlife. Um, It's something that I really enjoy doing. So this goes back to when I was really, really young. And so I was born in, I live in San Diego, California, and I was born in Huntington Beach, California, which is... Obviously, a little beach town. I um, used to live there. <laughs> you used to. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! I, yes. Well, we'll have to talk after. We'll talk. <laughs> I, we will talk. All right. So, yeah, I lived there until I was about one and a half, and then my uh, dad got a job as a pharmacist in Las Vegas. So then that's what uh, made us move to Las Vegas, and then I lived there until I was about seven or eight, and then of course came back out to San Diego. But I had some odd experiences in Las Vegas in our house that I really couldn't explain one night. The first one that I can really remember, we had a pool in our backyard and we were uh, getting out of the pool. It was dusk, maybe it was in the summertime, maybe like eight, nine, and we were drying off. And then all of a sudden I saw this like grayish, kind of like uh, morphing into a humanoid shape. And this, I was like five here, maybe four and a half or five. And I remember, and I don't know why I use this word, but I remember asking my mom and dad and I say, Mom, Dad, did you see the draft? I don't know why I termed what I saw as a draft. I was mm-hmm. like four and a half or five. But that's that's what I saw or asked, and they they were oblivious to it. They didn't see it. Uh, I actually there was a um, I guess as an adult he was like maybe an eighteen hundreds uh, gold rush days type of um, oh, cool. apparition, and I would talk with him. He would come through frequently. So I had these experiences way back, and so the interest in the paranormal specifically ghosts and hauntings in the afterlife that area 
that stayed with me. And so I read books and thing about the subject and then fast forward to college years at the University of Arizona. My mom's uh, mom, so my maternal grandmother, Helen, she passed away actually on my mom's birthday, which is really odd, October oh, wow. 25th. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother story. And so I talked with her the night before. And then the following day, my mom let me know that she passed peacefully in her sleep. So I went back out to San Diego to be with the family for a few days. And then I went back out to Tucson. And then I had some odd experiences in my apartment that I didn't have before her passing. And I, at first, chalked them up just to being that I live in an apartment. But the doorknobs would rattle by themselves. Uh, and one thing she used to go do at night is she would go around when she was in the physical, she would go around and make sure the doors were locked at night. At first, I didn't think much of it. And then all of a sudden, one night, I felt disembodied hand caress my face. It felt very familiar. And so then I started to put two and two together. And I thought, okay, could this be her trying to communicate? I still wasn't that sold, though, just because I lived in an apartment. Then a few nights later, there it was. I was studying, doing work for school, when all of a sudden, I saw her full bodied. She appeared maybe about 10 years younger, wearing one of her favorite dress dresses. She had a halo behind her, smiled, and then faded away. And so I thought to myself, did I project this? You know, because I'm grieving, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know if it was some sort of bereavement hallucination or anything like that. But needless to say, all these experiences occurred. And then I told my mom about it. And we talked with Helen openly and let her know that the family's okay. She doesn't need to worry about them. And then after that, the experiences stopped like they were every once in a while. She does come around, especially during holidays and things of that nature. But that one experience propelled me, I guess, out of the lab, so to speak, and really active into investigating the paranormal. Mm -hmm. And so that's where when I started kind of, you know, doing it all, investigating spots and businesses and private homes and things of that nature. And everything just, I guess, unfolded as it was meant to be. So... That was the shortened version of it all. <laughs> it's incredible um, to be able to yeah. see a full body apparition like that. How about how yeah. long did she last in your vision? You know, was she yeah, there that's a good question. Or? She, um, it, it almost played out in slow motion mm -hmm. as a lot of these sightings do. Some of them are so quick and others seem to, even though they are quick, they seem to like play out in slow motion. That's what it was for me. Mm -hmm. And I would say in, in time that we know, maybe about close to two seconds. Okay. Yeah. And, and, I, and I also saw her fade as well. Wow. And so that was a pretty long, and she appeared in color. Oh. Uh, one of her favorite blue and white dresses. Okay. She looked like about 10, maybe 10, 15 years younger. She was more plump, you know. She mm -hmm. died at like, or she passed, should say, transitioned at 96 wow. years old. So she looked, you know, like she was maybe in the 70s. Oh. And uh, the, it looked like a spotlight was behind her, shining against her back. And it gave her that, like, oh, wow. very bright halo. <sighs> cool and so it just it was a beautiful beautiful sighting i it, i really credit her for for me getting on this journey because i can't say that i would be where i am today in terms of really involved in the paranormal if it wasn't for that experience i probably would be mm -hmm. but i really do for that so uh, amazing and i was very very close with her as well so uh, it was very difficult you know, having talked with her the night before, and it was weird. I, I left this out, but now I remember to mention it. 
the day before when she called me, she asked me, are you okay? And at the time I thought, well, this is random. Why is she asking me this? Now it all makes sense mm -hmm. because she used to worry a lot about the family and, you know, was always worried about them, you know, being okay. Is everyone all right? Things of that nature. So, you know, I, I miss her. I miss her greatly. Sure. Did she appear to anybody else in your family? You know what? I've asked that question, not to my knowledge. Mm -hmm. No, not to uh, my mom, not to her other daughter, not to my cousins that I know of. So I think it was just me that mm -hmm. I know of. Yeah. I wonder if she oh. understood that by you seeing her would put you on that path. Right. It's like she gave you some insight into it and knowing I, that, you know, you, you were curious about it. I think that's a good, very, very astute point. I think mm -hmm. that that's, you're right on the money with that. Mm -hmm. I agree. Totally. And when you were talking about how long she appeared to you, it kind of made me think that I wonder if, you know, you know, obviously there's no time on the other side. So right. a second to us could be hours or even years to them or exactly. vice versa. So right. when you saw her, I mean, the clarity in that kind of makes me wonder if she took you into her time a little bit so that you could take that time to see her, even though it was only a few seconds. That, you know what, no one's ever said it like that. And mm -hmm. that's, that's amazing that you put it that way. And that very well could be. Yeah, because I mean, just, it, I hear that all the time. People say, well, it was only a few seconds, but I remember so much. Mm -hmm. you know? Remember, yes, mm -hmm. you, you just get it's yeah, it's quick for us. But you don't know how much maybe she was giving me some information about the other side, not knowingly. Yeah, but just more like maybe a subconscious level, I guess, so to speak. But there's something and it's weird. When I first started out, I was mainly interested, and I still am, don't get me wrong, just investigating and capturing uh, EVPs and getting photos and all that. And don't get me wrong, that's still wonderful. Mm -hmm. But I'm now it's, it's, it's evolved to building that rapport with the spiritual energies and getting to know a little bit more about their domain. So yeah. that's what's really um, propelling me now is I'm almost kind of delving more down the afterlife research road, obviously involved in paranormal, but there's something very special and very beautiful about afterlife study and, and research of that, of, of the other side. Yeah. So. And, you know, we, we do investigations too, and we do, you know, mm -hmm. we don't have a team, but we go with a lot of teams. And yeah. I've noticed lately that we're kind of shying away from getting to a location and setting up all this equipment and cameras and all. And it's like, no, just get back to the basics. Mm -hmm. Judge right. your feelings. You know, we just did mm -hmm. a jail down in Tennessee, and oh. we didn't have much equipment with us. We just went into the way we felt it. Yeah, we just wanted to there you experience go. it for mm -hmm. ourselves. Like, we didn't have to have photographs or proof or evidence. We just wanted to go and see what was there, what we were feeling, what we were seeing, mm -hmm. which was some things and feeling a lot mm -hmm. of things and hearing a lot of things, which was, which, you know, it was incredible. Yeah, but, that's the way to do it. That mm -hmm. is the way to absolutely. I mean, even if I was like, you know, a millionaire, I still would not own every single gadget because mm -hmm. it's I feel like less is more mm -hmm. and going in with yourself and your senses and your mm -hmm. body. I mean, that's that's it right there. You don't need a lot. You really don't. We yeah. like we like our spirit box and we like our mm -hmm. recorders and yeah, sometimes cameras. Um, but you know, the rest of the like lighty up gadgety <laughs> type things, like they're great and 
you know, they serve a purpose, but for what we do is for us, just for our own personal exactly. experience. And we've had some crazy experiences. <laughs> I know. I, I, I bet you have. And I, I'm like you. I'm more down, more interested in and always have been in the audio mm -hmm. um, experimentation. That just seems to be where, um, you know, my, my interest mainly lies. So, yeah. Yeah, wonderful sure. EVPs, ITC, all that stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Has your grandmother? Or, I'm sorry, my memory is blanking out. It was your grandmother that mm -hmm. came back to you. Um, has she? Yeah. Have you had any EVPs and stuff from her? There, yes, there actually is one. So, um, my team, San Diego Paranormal Research Society, we've had tenure now it's been closed for about three years because of the pandemic. And so I'm, I'm sure the tours will open up soon, but we've since about 2011, we've been doing um, paranormal tours at the Rancho Buena Vista which is an old historic Adobe up in Vista, California. For those that are uh, familiar with um, San Diego, if you were to go North, it's sandwiched right in between Oceanside to the West and then San Marcos to the East. And so it's a beautiful old uh, historic adobe um, built in, in the 1850s. There's a whole history to it. Of course, we don't have time to get in, into that today. But so we've done uh, monthly paranormal tours where we'll take people on the property, take them through the rooms and do like a divining rod session. We run it kind of like an investigation, a live session. We do some spirit box work. And so one night, I want to say this was 2017. Now we were leading a tour and we were in the master bedroom and we were, you know, doing and things of that nature, doing a spirit box session. And so not heard live because I, I would have commented on it. I didn't hear it until I reviewed the audio uh, a, a couple of days down the road. So again, I'm not so sure if this is an EVP that came through or was it some sort of ITC that maybe I didn't pick up live when I was there. And it was both, my grandfather and my grandmother okay so her husband of course and so my grandfather's name was andrew f lopinto he was a medical doctor here in san diego nickname they're italian so his nickname was fulvio and it was only known to the immediate family so as i'm reviewing the audio file i hear nicole i love you which oh, sounded okay. just like Goosebumps. his voice like, yeah. say it was him but it, it's like it was as if he was alive and I was talking to his voice. And then after that was my grandmother. And she said, Fulvio, go home, dear. Oh, and it was just like, I literally <laughs> took my headphones and like threw them just, uh, not, they didn't break or anything. I threw them on the couch and I was just like, oh my God, oh my, did this incredible. really happen? I mean, it was their, it was their voices. And the yeah. fact that she said Fulvio, and that's a name only known to the immediate family. Mm -hmm. So insane. That's yeah. incredible. I captured, <laughs> I captured I'm sure my dad. you guys have experiences mm -hmm. like that. Too, though, you know? Yeah. I captured my dad's voice. Um, after he passed, I could feel presence in my house and I pulled out my recorder and I'm like, whoever's here, tell me your name. And it, he said his name and it was his voice. And it was just like, Oh, Oh, it was wow. amazing. I mean, that, I, that feeling you get right mm -hmm. after that is just wow. You know, and you that's amazing. You tell yeah. people about it, and you know they're like, "Well, let's hear the evidence." I mean, I've I've had some that I've played for people and that, but 
it it means so much different. Mm-hmm. It, the difference or means so much difference to you than just playing it for mm-hmm. someone else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Have you ever experienced or recorded anything during one of your shows? During oh, during like the radio mm-hmm. shows. Oh yeah. my gosh! Oh, this is this is a good experience. So, um, my uh, I'm a cat lover, right? I'm I'm I am one of those crazy cat lovers. <laughs> uh, my uh, cat Kaylee, who I she her brother Max passed in uh, gosh 2000. It was February of 2016. So then it was just me and Kaylee. So Kaylee was 18 and a half years old, and she passed away peacefully mm-hmm. on December 19th, 2021. And so it was a few days later, it was the next time I was doing my show, the afterlife chronicles. And it was like, it was dedicated to her. So it was a, like an in memoriam mm-hmm. for, for Kaylee. And so we were talking about her. My mom actually came on and my mom was sharing the drive. Cause we had to take Kaylee over to the veterinary specialty hospital, you know, for, for her transition. Mm-hmm. So my mom was, telling uh the guests that you know i was driving and nicole had kaylee in her lap and you know they were just looking at each other the entire drive and so as she was sharing this now this was not heard live so this was heard when i re-listened to it Mm -hmm. so right as she was sharing that kaylee meowed it was like her her meow right after she was sharing and it was after um, and then I came through and I said, well, yeah, we were we were on our way for her to to go home or something, meaning, you know, to transition. Mm-hmm. And then her meow came through. That's incredible. Which is, was not heard live, though. I mean, I, I something made me listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just out of curiosity. And I, I couldn't believe it. It was about, I think, 13 seconds into the show or something <sighs> like that. So. It's so it's insane. so interesting because you know we've been doing this for a long time and we've had the strangest things happen. Like I don't know mm-hmm. if it's they're attracted by the stories we're telling or the electronic equipment, but you know one day Joe and I were here and um, we were recording and just I mean literally out of the blue Ave Maria started playing over our podcast. We're like. Mm-hmm. What happened? <laughs> Whoa! I mean, strange. I, for- I forget what the show was that's about. Synchronicity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah was... That's synchronicity, right there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how I think. That's I think synchronicity is one of the gateways to communicating with the other side. It's just it's amazing how it works. And it's neat that wow, that's you know we we yeah, talk about scary. EVPs and stuff, and to have your cat meow as an EVP, it it means that that cat should know or how can i say this the cat knows about the electronics and how to communicate through that electronic yeah. so that you could hear it smart cat yeah it, you know <laughs> that's interesting you say that it's it's you know she would not that i would explain to her you know when she was in you know alive in the physical okay mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go and here's the equipment we use but yeah she somehow they know Mm-hmm. that that's mm-hmm. what we do and they're able to retain it somehow yes yeah. so and maybe on wow, the other side Ave maria i know it's crazy and we've that's captured awesome us ladies we were talking about this the green briar ghost green briar ghost so it's the only case in united states history where a ghost's testimony helped convict her murderer which was her husband who murdered her and as we're talking about this we hear a scream come over the mic what's interesting because when joe records he records two tracks my track and his track and they're separate Mm -hmm. and then when he edits he puts them together 
it we both heard it in our earphones, but it was only on his track. Mm-hmm. It was so yeah, strange. Yeah, weird, That's... weird stuff. Weird. Oh my god, I'm wondering it. if you were picking up actually the mm-hmm. what actually occurred. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't like faint; it was loud. I... <laughs> After we get done recording, wow. I'll play it yeah, for we'll you. Yeah, we'll play it for you at the end. Yeah, I would. Oh my gosh, I would love to hear that. That's but that's amazing, and to just have it captured on only one recording and mm-hmm. not the other is, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's interesting. Yeah, and that's why we love talking so. to fellow um, podcasters and fellow radio hosts. That because we, you know, we hear this stuff, and we're like, does yeah, it, does it really happen? And stories like yours confirms that it does happen to other people too. It does. Uh, I know. And you know what? It's, it's, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, one of the things which I find interesting is a lot of times people get messages or or, or um, communications from the other side, and it's always like this person from 1897 appeared, or but you know, most people these days in modern days know about the equipment, they know mm-hmm. about electronics, they know right. about podcasting they know about um ghost shows and and spirit communication so it's like what happened you know this is the big mystery what happens when you go on the other side and you have that knowledge mm-hmm. like come you know, come communicate <laughs> with us <laughs> bring it on we want to hear you that's, we want to talk to you <laughs> that's the big mystery right? that's mm-hmm. the big mystery you know it's like how is it done mm-hmm. you know how how is an evp is it i mean i Todd Bates is a host of Haunted Voices. I co-host the show with him. He's a big time audio guy, very much into like old school EVP and things of that nature. And so I've said things of that nature like five times. I don't know why. I never say that phrase. I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. But anyways, (laughs) so he uses an old, a lot of the time, an old analog tape recorder. And so, you know, we were talking about, you know, how, how is it that voices can occur in EVP form and Maybe there's something about the um, emulsifying on the magnetic tape with analog recorders. I don't know, but it, it's a mystery mm-hmm. on, on how it happens. It's not so much the how for me. You want to know the how, but yeah. the experience is, is important too, mm-hmm. not so much the how. But, yeah, and I look so. at it as, you know, we're recording onto a, a device. We're using electronics. We know that spirit or we assume spirit is pure energy i mean we always say you know mm-hmm. it's energy we go so you know i i'm just assuming this but maybe they just understand that energy is energy and you're putting energy into the recorder because it's electronics and stuff so maybe but i mean right. then then it goes the same with when we're out and we hear voices audibly mm-hmm. you know it's like exactly they don't have voice boxes <laughs> they Mm-mm. you know they're not moving air like we normally like we do but yet they can make noise and they can talk and we can hear them. And it's just, it's amazing. And one of the things that we're talking really about is. now is the more we know, the less we know, <laughs> you know, the more we learn, the less we know. The more Isn't we know. that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yes. Tell us, for sure. Tell us a little bit about like, you know, your journey to writing your, your ninth book the afterlife chronicles like what kind of things did you look into or research for that book oh yes uh so the whole writing i mean i've always liked to write uh i, I was one of those in college oh yay we get to write a paper yay you know, i was just <laughs> always one of those weirdos uh never though would i have ever dreamed at that age that i'd be an author at some point but here we are and it's just mm-hmm. 
you know, things evolve as, as to how they're supposed to. And when you have a passion for something and something that you enjoy researching, it, it makes the writing process a little bit more enjoyable as well. So I'm a traditionally published author. And so the Afterlife Chronicles is actually my first, I would say, major self-published book. I did, after Kaylee passed, I did do a, a it was an article, but it turned into like a short ebook about Max and Kaylee and their journey and all of that. It has some uh, very neat spiritual experiences that I've had with them in that little ebook. So that te- technically was the first uh, self-published book, but this, The Afterlife Chronicles, is really the first major self-published book. And it's it's one of those situations where it's not hard. It's just very tedious mm-hmm. and time-consuming. But once you do it once, then it, it's the next one you know what to expect. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was researching things of, you know, should you get an imprint? Should you not? I found that having self-published authors that have an imprint, it just looks more professional. So I went ahead and did that. And then researching ways to self-publish, you can have... Uh, like book baby for there's all kinds of different um, organizations that can actually do the book for you and all of that Mm -hmm. what I did is I just I wrote it and then uh, of course I obviously know my editor and had an editor and then I had my book cover designer help me with it but I decided on uh, after talking with a lot of people publishing through uh, KDP which used to be create space on Mm -hmm. Amazon and then I'll be doing um, second publishing through Ingram Spark, which will it worldwide. So it's just it was a lot of research finding, you know, how should you price your book, things of that nature, just getting everything set and ready to go. It's funny. I just got the proofs today from Amazon. Oh, oh, so and I was I was so like nervous to open up the mm-hmm. box because, you know, this is my first time. I'm like, oh, my God, it better be OK. And it looks OK so far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First page is right. Second page is yeah. upside down. First page is right. Yeah, second is upside down. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's this not for resale. Obviously, won't mm-hmm. appear, but uh-huh. that's the proof. So yeah. it just it. I did a lot of research before I started writing the book. But then as I was writing, I did. You know, I talked to people who mm-hmm. self-published. That's very good because then you can get information from them. They have the experience. They can guide you in certain ways. But um, speaking of the book, it's I've like I said, going down into that afterlife research um, road, so to speak, I, the book just came to be, and it's, it's one of those books where, okay, it took maybe like a year or less to write, but Mm -hmm. it took 40 years of my lifespan because it, it, you know, includes all of what you've learned and things of, you know, so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of information in it. I think probably like 10 or 15 books could come from this one book, (laughs) but I get into, to, Besides talking about different aspects in relation to the afterlife, there are about 17 or 18 contributors who shared some profound experiences that they've had with the book. So, which, and that makes it interesting. So, I talk about, you know, what is an afterlife and getting into aspects such as uh, um, the mind, body, and spirit connection in relation to, to uh, communicating with the afterlife, spirit communication techniques, both traditional and alternative spirit guides, how moving through grief and loss can help you connect with your deceased loved ones. So there's a lot of information in it, but the stories contained within from people, I think, make it interesting. Have you guys written the book? I have. I have eight books. 
published. You uh, have okay. Oh my gosh, I'm, it's I like knew bir- I read that. You know, somewhere. it's like Jeez, it's like birthing a baby, really. Like your I'm book so- is your baby, and you cuddle it, <laughs> it and you oh grow gosh. it, and then you gotta put it out in the universe, <laughs> and you're like, "Don't judge my baby." <laughs> I I know, I know, I know. Oh my gosh, I I am such a dingbat. No, I mean, I read fine. that you probably. Oh my yeah. gosh, my but brain went. I have a different genre. Mine's more fiction than nonfiction, but that whole process oh, of writing is awesome. so cathartic, though. You know, like it is being able to just purge all of these thoughts and ideas and and things into some kind of sort of, you know, yeah. um, sense, and then to be able to share it. Joe and I are very motivated to to write more. Mm-hmm. Um, we we really want to. Joe wants to look more into the the aspects of NDEs yeah. and and the shared death experience shared death experiences yes yes because I had that's where I got into it I had a shared death experience with my best friend and I'm working on a oh, book about her God. about her life and I'm working on a book about other people that had shared death experiences not so much near death experiences but actually shared death where when the person passed something happened to them also and a little right. bit of you after don't hear of that too often. yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, um, I'm going to put in my best friend Dana's story about her mom being, um, when her husband, when her mom's husband died, he came to a bunch of people before he came to her and she could never figure that out. And I said, well, if he came to her first, she'd probably be in a loony bin right now, you know? So he came to other people first and kind of warmed her up to it. And so that's what I'm going to work on. I'm going to work on my experiences with uh, my best friend, Jackie, who passed, and then work on those. I think, you know, when you have those shared Mm -hmm. death experience, you have a soul connection with that person. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not some random stranger like, oh, my gosh, George over in Montana (laughs) just passed away and I fell in the spirit. You know, it's always, you know, somebody, (laughs) you have a deep soul or, you know, maybe some kind of like twin flame type connection network yeah Yeah. for sure that's 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 going to be a fantastic book i ndes shared death experience here are so fascinating and i think it's one of those gateways that can really allow us to learn more about life after death and connection there's this how do i and i talk about it in the in the book there's this parallel connection between mortality and the afterlife and there's something out there in the cosmos. It could be a combination of a bunch of things, maybe not, but whatever it is, it's bringing the, the two worlds together. Mm-hmm. And more and more people are open to um, sharing experiences that they've had with departed loved ones. And more people are open to communicating with the other side. Mm-hmm. So there's this really beautiful duality between both worlds. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think that with everybody getting more open to it, it is more prevalent in society and it shows people, yeah, you know, you don't have to worry so much. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You don't have to exactly. F- fear the fiery pits of hell. <laughs> I think, right. you know, I know. we go and move that, on. And you hit it on the head yeah. there. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I keep doing it. I, no, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Nah, I don't care. <laughs> but, um, Shame on me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just, but, yeah. um, you know, just one of those really debatable topics like what happens you know some people are staunch 
this is this is this and this and this is you're going here you're going here you're going to get warmer you're going to you know float on a cloud um but i think there's just so much more and and you know maybe it is just the influx of paranormal shows and radio shows and um podcasts that are opening people's minds up to other alternatives Mm -hmm. of what happens when we transition to i agree I you know, agree. and that, it's like and that's waking it up for some reason. And that's what's you nice know, about like your show, the After Afterlife Chronicles. People that are curious can go to that and listen and learn instead of having to go to someone and say, Tell me about this. No, they can actually listen to a show that is specific on the topic that they want to learn about. And instead right. of I mean, we go to conferences a lot. We hear a lot of people come in and say, you know, we just, we didn't know where to go, so we came here. Mm-hmm. And with the influx of different shows that are out there, like your Afterlife Chronicles or, or even Haunted Voices, people can go to these shows and listen and not be afraid to, you know, worry about if Judgment. they're going to be criti- criticized yeah. by their friends or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's well said. I, mm-hmm. I can't agree more. Absolutely. I'd love to have you guys on the show. It's on yeah. hiatus right now, but when I get it rolling, I'd love to have you both that on. I think that'd be a really fantastic mm-hmm. interview. But yeah, there's something that's waking up this connection between both worlds. And I think it's it's a very beautiful thing. And it's one of those reasons why I get extremely annoyed with you know the provocation and mm-hmm. the exploitation of the spirit world that's a whole another topic yeah. but um i tend to be yeah. very protective of the spirit world that's just me mm-hmm. will way take it or leave it so yeah yeah it's hard because when you know you have a lot of people who are interested are they interested in the true research or are they interested in their ego of like look what i found or look at this dust exactly (laughs) you know like exactly i don't need to see 400 pictures of dust orbs like i'd rather just go sit in a cemetery and and talk talk to somebody and and have them come over with my recorder that's just me. You hit it right there. But Ego. how, how Ego would you know if there's TV. not a big red circle around? Oh, it? that's right. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's switch gears a little bit, and I just kind of want to sure. um, pick your brain a little bit about um, San Diego and some of its Ooh, yeah. famous we, hauntings, yeah. and places that you've been, and places you want to go that you haven't been, and places she's wrote about. Yes. <laughs> I did see oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Totally. San Diego is, well, it's considered one of America's most haunted cities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's because there's different layers of history. So we have, you know, the Native American period, we have the Mexican period, mm-hmm. we have the, uh, the Rancho period and all of that. So there's all these uh, different historical periods, and they kind of all gel and tie together. So it makes it a nice foundation for paranormal activity. You know, history and the paranormal are like best friends, right? Mm -hmm. In many ways. So, oh my gosh, there are so many locations in San Diego uh, that you can uh, investigate besides the the claim to fame, which is the Mm -hmm. Whaley House. Just Old Town, San Diego in general has a lot of different places. The Cosmopolitan Hotel, there's restaurants, there's El Campo Santo Cemetery. There's the Sarah Museum up uh, uh near presidio park up there that we've done a few times so there's all these different places the maritime museum of san diego uh star of india and berkeley ferry boat are two 
ships, very well known here in the city, very active. Uh, you can spend like 10 p.m. to like 4 a.m. in the morning on either ship and just really come away with a lot of experiences mm -hmm. and, and paranormal activity. Down in Gas Lamp Quarter, there's, it used to be called the William Heath Davis House. It's now the Davis Horton House, um, which has, you know, a lot of activity. But there's besides all known places here, pretty much anywhere you go in the city is is fair game, even out in the East County. Uh, you know, we have, uh, it, it's an interesting topography because we have, you know, the ocean to the west, we have the mountains to the east, there's mm -hmm. deserts, there's water lines, there's train tracks, there's all these areas that almost serve as capacitors for, you know, different different haunted locations, even private homes. I mean, we've done so many there mm -hmm. in the city, I should say, and not just San Diego, but North County as well, so... Is there one location in particular that you wanted to uh, talk about in San Diego or just in general? Just in general. I mean, I love, you know, I went there a couple of times when I lived in California and I loved it. I, you know, I just couldn't get enough, right? Like, it's just amazing. Now, have you, you know, you've done residential um, investigations mm -hmm. with your team. Have you ever yeah. encountered something that was just extremely dark or scary or just like this above my pay grade type encounter not let's see in in, in specifically in private homes or no, in any but I can any say, location or any oh my gosh no no not in my not That's in good. my experiences there was one time and it was I can't say I, it was just the way it happened we were up in Camarillo at an old um I'm going to keep this place confidential sure. just because it's now a university but a lot of people in the area will hear me say Camarillo and they're going to know exactly what, what I'm talking about. It was an old a mental hospital there and it's now um, a, a college university. And so we were there one night and I was setting up like a, a, just a static camera, static IR camera. And all of a sudden this six, seven foot tall shadow figure darker than dark appeared and just came right toward oh us. That was gosh. something very startling, but I've never, you know, I'm not, I don't, really i'm not fearful of the energy mm. i'm not at all uh, i think a lot of it is what you put out you get back so mm. i'm one of these that's very respectful and things of i don't like to things i don't like to pro uh, provoke you know goof, goof off too much mm -hmm. so i don't i get, usually get friendly back mm -hmm. now sometimes with like for example private residences you're encountering some darkness but it's not the paranormal it's it's the people living <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of the opposite. So you have to weave, weave through it. And that's one of the reasons why we're like super, super selective mm -hmm. with taking on private homes. There's a lot of information that we need to weave through because you just, you don't want to make it worse for them. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that they're not, you know, trying to fool you, things of that nature. That's a whole another discussion, but um, trying to think of anything about really, really threatened. I, no, I can't, I can't think of You're just lucky. that one example. Yeah. Now, is so. there any place, we'll say, in the United States that you are dying to go to but haven't been to yet? Oh, my God. There's so many. <laughs> my goodness. Um, there's other areas, too, in California that mention, like Queen Mary, Preston Castle, mm -hmm. all throughout, throughout the, the coast. Gettysburg is down. Um, so I will. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have been there. Like, oh, many yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't been. You to have to. Damn you have hotel. to. Yeah. You can actually um, I think rent. I'm going... Oh, I'm sorry. Go you ahead. can actually rent 
a house, like a Verbo or a Airbnb, mm-hmm. on yeah. the battlefield that was there when the battles were going on. It's super found, haunted. Yeah, we uh, we were planning on right going now. back, and I was <laughs> yeah. looking into different places to stay. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to li- I want to stay in one of those houses yeah. because you know we're going for the experience. <laughs> I, absolutely. In fact, um, I'm going to be going. I think not this year, but next year, 2000 or with the ghost research society headed up by dale katzmerick so i'll be doing that it'll be my first time but that's definitely i would say out of all the locations in the u.s that i haven't been to i would say Mm. gettysburg is Mm. is definitely right up there yeah so i mean right here in ohio we have so many so like if you're driving to gettysburg stop in ohio go to mansfield mansfield Mansfield, yep that's another one It's incredible. I mean, like it is, I mean, even if you just did the day tour, you're still going to experience something like, of course, we, you know, we go every year, there's a giant convention, um, Parasycons, which is coming up. And, you know, when we were just setting up at like nine o'clock in the morning, we were experiencing Mm -hmm. very odd things. So Mm -hmm. I can't even start to tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely definitely one of them. Um, oh my gosh, there's so many, but uh, I've done a lot of code here. Mm-hmm. Some uh, in in the Chicago area, of course, oh. just with GRS, but mm-hmm. um, Mansfield just for the history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, Gettysburg for the history, but uh, yeah, so it looks like next year. So. Woo, that's exciting. Ohio's beautiful. Oh, I think oh, yes. that whole area out there is is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. You very historic. You know, yeah, you don't realize. Like, oh my God, San Diego is so pretty. It's like, well, I think the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we're it, Ohio is just so unique because we have, you know, not just ghostly places. We have cryptids. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. elementals. It's part of the Native American land. We have all of the mounds and the mount, you know, the yeah. sacred mounds here. Bigfoot sightings. I mean, UFO. I could go on and on. Um, you know, it's, oh, yeah, and right. it's it's yep. just great because like anywhere you go in Ohio, you could probably get in like three four hours around the whole state. But there's That's so nice. many places. Mm-hmm. You know, there's um, Octagon Hall and um, what's the manor, Joe? That was it was on one of the ghost shows. Um, I don't know. Ah, I can't think. Anyways, <laughs> we got a million it, of them. Not, uh, I think is it not Hills? Oh gosh, mm, it's on the tip of my I tongue. Know. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. But anyways, um, you know, it's just, you know, when you live in Ohio, you want to be in California. Yeah. And when you're in California, mm-hmm. you're like, I got to go other places. <laughs> Isn't it right? Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Totally. Now, in your experience, have you ever had spirits come to you that spoke another language? So Joe and I were having this discussion the other day. Like, you know, we went to, this was a while back, we went to a cemetery here in town and there was graves um, from the Spanish-American War up through modern times. And we were getting voices in um, dialects and in other languages, Italian and Spanish. Wow. And, and we were at the Black Cross, which is another mm-hmm. location in Pennsylvania that's just crazy. Look it up. It's insane um, I will, but, that's i've heard of it before i believe yeah so it's um but we were getting evps in other languages yeah it's the first time i've ever oh, heard that's that intriguing. Yeah. yeah were you asking in english or were you actually mm-hmm. 
asking in that specific language. In both. When when we started getting languages we couldn't understand, we were using Google Translate to try to connect with the spirits through EVPs. And uh, we were getting responses. Oh, Didn't un- yeah, that, that could be why. That's We've used that too. Now we've, I've experienced that a lot on board the RMS Queen Mary Mm. and we'd be in a group doing like a collective EVP session or a spirit box session. And, uh, interestingly, the questions were asked in English, but we would get responses or not even some responses, but just vocalizations coming through in German and, uh, Italian and other types of languages. And then of course, at the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, we would experiment by asking certain. Now, this is interesting. We've had experiences where we'd propose a question in English or propose a question in uh, Spanish, and then we'd get a response in English. Mm-hmm. And then when we'd propose it in English, we would get, or the reverse of that. Mm-hmm. If you, so that's, that's interesting when that happens. So like, yeah, we'd ask in English, we get a response in Spanish. We'd ask in Spanish, we get a, would get a response mm-hmm. in English. And it's weird. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, another question, how does a spirit who maybe, you know, died in just for example, I'm just saying like 1453 in Germany, and mm-hmm. you're over there and you're speaking English, but yet you can communicate. It's like, mm-hmm. on the other side, right. it, do they have an all knowing, you know, like a, a universal language where it just translates and everybody understands That's- each other? Yeah, that's what I think. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like an all all access to the compendium of the Akashic Records. I don't. Yeah, I think it might be like universal language. Yeah, I you agree. Know? It's fascinating when mm-hmm. that happens. You that is fascinating like, when it happens. Well, they, yeah, they... and it's it's. Or what about too? This is not that often, but it's happened a few times to just kind of get my brain going. Have you ever captured EVPs or even disembodied vocalizations or even ITC? But then when you reverse the audio, you can make something out that's oh. different oh. when you I've never you tried play that. We've never tried that. That try that. We've that's Ooh. happened to us a few times hmm. and it's 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 bizarre. I've never thought of that. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, I mean unless when back in when we were kids and playing the records backwards, but you know <laughs> <laughs> Joe with his yeah, right. Aerosmith record going backwards. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been always intrigued with the Queen Mary. Mm. And oh, yeah. I've always been, I I don't know a lot about it. I mean, I know the, the specifics, like the pool and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I've always been intrigued about it. And I, I really would like to go out there. I mean, mm-hmm. I know oh, my gosh, out yes. there, it's probably, there are probably, oh yeah, the Queen Mary, you know, we've been there a thousand times. But like we said, you know, we're, we're so far away. Though. I want to come out and check it out. Mm-hmm. You should both come out and yeah. we could uh, maybe set up like a, an investigation on board. Mm-hmm. Even my friend does late weekend paranormal investigation tours. I don't think those are back yet because they're mm-hmm. opening the ship up in stages right now. I was just on board on Saturday for the first time in like three and a half years. Wow. So, and I, I mean, I go all the time. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like my second home. So it's really good to be back on board. So they're actually starting to open hotel reservations on and so then we're going back again May 20th uh, staying overnight but that would be fun if you come out we mm-hmm. can yeah. book maybe a private investigation or maybe take one of Matt's late night yeah. uh, assuming those come great. back mm-hmm. there's just so many places on board and 
a lot of people that haven't been, they want to go to the hot spot locations, you know, the aft engine room, the boiler mm -hmm. rooms, the pool and all of that. But anywhere on board, you can have an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. So do you ever have it's so historical? Yeah. Do you ever have specific spirits that know your back and communicate with you on a regular basis? Yeah, I think there's there's quite a few. Uh, Jackie, uh, the little girl that a lot of people communicate with, uh, Jackie, she's about six or seven years old. We don't really know her origins. The late uh, uh, psychic investigator, Peter James, mm -hmm. he's no longer with us. He, I believe, is the one that first coined Jackie back in the 90s when he was in the former first and third class pool. But uh, some people think she's not real. Some people think she's a psychokinetic creation. I believe she's truly a, and obviously is real. There might be some hologram of a psychokinetic creation from her, from the amount of people that go on board yeah. wanting to communicate with her. But I've had numerous spanning almost 20 years, numerous experiences with her. Very, very intelligent young girl. Uh, I almost, I have a different theory about who she is. I feel like almost, She's like the, the personification of the ship itself. I think the ship is extremely sentient. That's just my opinion yeah. for having been there so many times. Uh, another crew member uh, who I know very well, he was an 18-year-old fire cleaner who sadly passed away on July 10th, 1966 mm -hmm. in the aft engine room. Uh, his first name is John. Just out of respect for the family, I'm not going to say his last name. Mm -hmm. His initials are JP, but first name is John. He's very active, uh, but it's, it, I would say for me, and I don't know exactly, but based on my experiences, I would say 60% intelligent activity and maybe 40% residual okay. around there based on the experiences I've had yeah. on board. So, Do you feel that there are more spirits there because people are coming and wanting to see them? I mean, do you think they're relocating basically relocating from a different location and coming there or do you that's think that's a good i've i've pondered this for many years mm -hmm. there's something very uh different no i shouldn't say different but there's something very special about the queen mary in my opinion i almost feel that the entire ship is sentient mm -hmm. there are these human spirits as well some of them i i i believe have have been there for a while and might choose to stay for whatever reason. I, I also believe again, my own personal, I could be right. I could be wrong. I don't know that other energies come through the queen Mary just because she's a beacon for mm. spiritual energy or seems to be. It's similar to if you go to, uh, if you're driving to a different state and you stop at a welcome center. Yeah. I feel in many ways that, that that's kind of an analogy that queen Mary is, like a welcome center for many spiritual energies. Some uh, stay and some choose to just pass through. But uh, the late Captain John Treasure Jones, he's the one that brought the Queen Mary into Long Beach on December 9th, 1967. He did say that the Queen Mary is as close to a human being of any ship that I've ever commanded. Oh, wow. So a lot of former crew, former passengers feel that, you know, mm -hmm. there's something drawing and something about the ship that just draws you in and and wants you mm -hmm. uh, to be connected with her and even one of the war brides june allen she's a good friend of us uh she was among wave of war brides after world war ii and she says it she's like you know the queen mary opens her arms to everyone but there's people that she chooses mm -hmm. and i asked her about that and she said if, if the queen mary feels like you can connect with her 
she's going to choose you. Mm. And so that's, you know, that's coming from a war bride who yeah. loves the ship, loves coming. In fact, she's coming out again in July. So wonderful lady. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. I've never thought about that as being, you know, we go to haunted houses and stuff like that or haunted locations. Never thought of the actual location itself having a haunt to it like that. You know, right. like you're saying, it's it's almost like its own entity. And, you know, maybe right. down the road, once we learn a little more, maybe we can communicate with it. I think we do, though, oh. because, you know, people get a, almost addicted to locations like it calls them like yeah. you know we had a, that's an example a mm -hmm. friend who um bought this old historic home and he was gonna flip it you know clean it up and flip it and he yeah. got to the point yeah. where he it's a long story but they found a lot of bones in the house they call it the bone house oh, it was used for santeria wow. for over 100 years and he would get up in the middle of the night leave his family and go to this house not it, even get dressed. He no, would just walk out. He would just like walk and, you know, like it called to him. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it was the actual physical house or mm -hmm. what was contained inside of it that, mm -hmm. you know, people. Right. You know, because we talk about like the stone tape theory where, you know, things get imprinted into the wood mm -hmm. or the stone or the, you know, whatever material it's made out of. Exactly. And, and can it take on its own like a life of its own, I guess you would call yeah. it, you know, right? because right. of the spiritual energy that may have been imprinted into the, the physical material. Who knows? I mean, it's super fascinating. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought of that too. I mean, I don't I mean, I've had some past life regressionists even message me saying, I feel that you have a past life on board. Okay. I've always oh. felt that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some chips in general but uh, you know there's there's these past life connections that we may have as well to certain places mm -hmm. so yeah it's so fascinating i did get lost in long beach one time trying to find an apartment <laughs> oh no when oh I, my gosh. when i first yeah, moved to, happen. when i first moved to california <laughs> i was i had no clue i thought like long beach was like around the block from hollywood <laughs> I got right. lost. Oh I was God. trying to go look at this apartment, which was $310 a month. And I was like, oh, that's right up my alley. And it was so far away. I got lost. I was in Long Beach. I was in the ghetto. It's like, um, Were you in Compton? And but eventually, you know, when I was driving around, I saw the Queen Mary and I was like, okay, I think I'm near an expressway or something. Yeah, you said the 710. There you are. The good old oh. 710. Yep. Yep. And Compton, I believe, is right over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That whole area of Long Beach, though, like Shoreline Village across mm -hmm. from the ship and all, there's so many like neat yeah. things to do restaurants and shops and all this good stuff. So I can't wait for you guys to come out. Yeah, I, I want to. It's been probably 10 years since I've been to California and I'm just oh, like, oh. Wow. Yeah, it, let know. me know when you do. Yeah, there's a lot sure. of other places, and even in like LA and and Hollywood to do yeah. as well. So. Yeah, when I lived there, I had some really strange experiences. I can't even tell you mm -hmm. how interesting. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, totally for sure. I, Cecil I, Hotel. I, I I stayed there once. And <gasps> I'm kind of like, should I stay there again? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. You know? No. Oh my god. Yeah, I love it. 
I mean, the, I mean, just the history alone, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could walk down Hollywood Boulevard and see ghosts. <laughs> oh, totally, like, totally. It's where it's at. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll do totally another show too. just on Hollywood haunts. <laughs> oh and my I'll god, we t- should totally tell do that. you a yeah, million stories to... of my time in Hollywood. It was great. Oh my gosh, that would be a fun show, mm-hmm. right? That would yeah. be super fun. Yeah, for Have sure. Have you guys on mine too? Um, anytime I would love to. when I get yeah. it up and rolling, I'll yeah. I'll let you know for sure. Definitely. So. Well, well, you know, we really, really, time goes so fast, right? Yeah. Like, right, doesn't so, it go? It's yeah, insane. It is. But we really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast mm-hmm. and, and sharing your stories and, and your books with us. And for our listeners, please tell everybody where they can go to check out your your book and your website. Sure. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on. It's been oh, a lot been of fun today. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Good time. So my website, my main website is authornicolestrickland.com. So you can find the books there. Uh, They're also uh, pretty much wherever books are Mm -hmm. sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. The Afterlife Chronicles is actually going to be published on April 25th on Amazon, ebook, paperback, and hardback. And then the first week of May, I'm going to get it on uh, Ingram Sparks. So it'll be distributed to Mm -hmm. a lot of the online retailers. Uh, So that's April 25th. Uh, let's see. I'm, you know, on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. You guys can find me on there. But uh, and then our our team's website, which totally needs to be redone. That's <laughs> San Diego Paranormal Research dot com. But my main website is authornicolestrickland.com. Awesome. So. But before I let you go, I want to ask one last question. Sure. When the reader is finally done, and finally gets that last period on the last page, <laughs> and shuts the book. What's the first thought that you want to pop in their head? Oh, my gosh. Of the Afterlife Chronicles, I'm assuming. Oh, this is yeah. a fantastic question. My goodness. You're on the spot, say, Joe. <laughs> on the spot. What's on the spot, I would say when we lose loved ones that are near and dear to us, it's hard. But to remember that they are eternally with us, mm-hmm. that their spirit, their energy, their essence is always with us. And not far apart. I would say that would be that's, that's the beautiful. one thing to take away from that. Yeah, that's that. awesome. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> On the spot, that's what. Hey, so yeah. yeah. So all right, Nicole. Thank you so much. This we was so much you. fun. And as always, we'll put all. Yeah, thank you. And but as always, we'll put all your information in the show notes. So if you want to click on the show notes, or if you just want to type it in, you can do either. But thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast. And thank you, listener, for tuning in this week. And uh, like we always say, please get up on our website. We have the T-shirts for sale on there. We have all the events that we're going to be at. We have a lot of conventions coming up in convention season. So yep. join us at a convention. If you do come out to a convention and or anywhere you see us live, please come up to the table. Say hi. You know. And if you want to get on the show, we'll have all our equipment there. Come on the show. Yes, I'd love to hear everybody's ghost stories, Bigfoot stories, cryptid stories, and of course, UFOs. Once again, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Have a wonderful week and stay ghostly. And let's leave with some crud. Goodbye, everyone. Fire on fire.